I have not seen the new Barbie movie yet, but I have heard some comments from people coming out of it and people are really fucking mad about things that I'm just like, that just makes me sad that you think that way. And then I started really thinking about wondering how far we might be in regard to pelvic health, pelvic floor conditioning, pelvic performance, and even just like total body performance. If we didn't have these thoughts surrounding parts like our vaginas and our penises and our vulvas, like I wonder if there would be such a high incidence of incontinence as we get older or prolapse or like any pelvic floor thing, because I don't know, like there's just so much shame and so much embarrassment circulating around these parts of our bodies that we kind of just dissociate from them. And this is an issue, like it's a real issue. So fair warning, this is a total stream of consciousness episode. So I don't really know what's going to come out of my mouth. But I invite you to the discussion on things that I started thinking about when I heard the uproar over the Barbie movie. Welcome to Finally Fearless, a podcast devoted to helping you understand the ins and outs of building your body up instead of tearing it down. My name is Dr. Melissa Chofi, a physical therapist specializing in pelvic health, orthopedics, and women's fitness. After working for almost a decade in the fitness and traditional healthcare space, I grew disenchanted with the gimmicks and the garbage, scare tactics and scarcity mindset, and all the things that were and continue to be pushed on people to make them fear their bodies instead of actually using them to live the lives that they so deserve. This podcast will uncover the power for you to demand a life worth living instead of sitting your best days out on the sidelines. We get very raw around here, so grab your headphones and let's jump right into today's episode. First and foremost, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Barbie's so amazing for girls empowerment or women's empowerment or female empowerment, whatever you want to call it. Because I do know that Barbie herself has been problematic as far as body image issues go. Um, I have heard that they are getting a little bit more inclusive, but there's still a lot of work to be done. I personally can't speak to that because while I was a child of the 90s, the Barbie doll herself, like, I loved Barbie. Her, what she looked like didn't affect me because she was so fucking ridiculous looking to me, as even as a kid, that I was like, I didn't feel the need to attain those, quote, standards of what I was supposed to look like because it, it seemed like fantasy to me. Like, there was nothing grounded in reality with Barbie's ginormous boobs and her tiny, tiny waist. It was just not even a blip on my radar. However, when we talk about the 90s and we talk about the tabloids and we talk about celebrities being shit on for what they look like, that affected me. So I just want to acknowledge that Barbie does not get a free pass in this discussion because she is problematic for so many people. And we need to put that out there because it kind of relates to our subject. But I'm just not going to talk about that part because I can't speak for myself and um, other than insane patriarchal views of what women should look like. But that's another topic for another day. 
today we're talking more about what, what I saw circulating on social media. So, um, unfortunately, I wanted to deactivate my Facebook account, but I have not because there are a lot of valuable business groups on there that I don't want to get rid of. And um, so here we are. So the other day I was looking at something in one of my pelvic health groups and then I was like, let me just see what's on my feed. And I can't like, I, I'm not even exaggerating. There were at least five posts in local groups bitching about this Barbie movie and people were losing their collective shit over the fact that they talked about the real words for our genitalia. They said words like penis and vagina. And some of these women couldn't even type the fucking words out. Like they were clutching their pearls so hard that they just wrote P and V. They used the real words for P and V. God for fucking bid. Right? And then somebody else was mad because I guess they talked about a gynecologist or whatever. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this is wild to me, like so wild to me. And then my brain, of course, <laughs> goes to just this insane shame and stigma surrounding parts of like, not even our genitalia, but like that affects pelvic floor function, right? So like, if you can't even say the anatomical term for a part of your body that you own and you're being not that these people are like swaying you from using that terminology but like in some circles it's frowned upon to use an appropriate anatomical term for a part of your own body that you are responsible for that you need to take care of that needs tlc right it needs care, just like any other part of your body, like your eyes. Like you go to the ophthalmologist or the optometrist. I get them confused. Why can't we talk about a gynecologist? Because they're looking into and checking our vaginas and our vulvas and our cervixes. Like, why is that bad? Don't you think like people should know what that is? Don't you think teenagers should know what the, that is? I'm sure a lot of teenagers do know what that is. It's so fucking wild to me and it's so puritanical and I don't get it. And like, I'm not going to shit on religion. I'm not a religious person, but if you are, I'm not going to shit on you. But I do want you to start thinking like, why do I feel a certain way about my body? And what is that in the grand scheme of things? How might that be affecting what I'm experiencing with that part of my body and this isn't just the barbie movie like this is unfortunately and it's just not people of a certain age like this is unfortunately a thing today so um i have to tell this story because it's so ridiculous so when i was a baby business owner business owner brand new to business i had no idea what i was doing I was like, I think I need to join a networking group to get my name out there. Because that's what they tell you. Like when you start your own business, like everyone's like, oh, you have to join the Chamber of Commerce and all these things and get your name out. Get your name out. Networking. That's not what networking is, by the way, because it's just a waste of money and a waste of time. So I joined this popular networking group, unfortunately, full of conservatives, like full of conservatives. So I should have known better, but whatever. 
So at the beginning of every meeting, you're supposed to give your elevator pitch on what you do. And like in the beginning, I was super timid. Like I was very scared and nervous about speaking about what I did. And it was very like, I help people get back to doing the things they love. Uh-huh. Like that's, that was my elevator pitch. And every time I would go up there, the eyes would glaze over. So one week, I'm like, I have to grab these people's attention. So the next week, I said something to the effect of, I help people with vaginas get their lives back. And then I added like something about physical, whatever. And I kept saying it and I kept changing it and I kept refining it. And I kept saying vagina because it got everyone's fucking attention and everyone knew what I did and who I helped. So it was effective. And I will never forget this. One day after the meeting, we're outside and I was talking to someone in the group and one of the leaders comes up to me a man in his 30s by the way who has a wife and a kid and basically he said something to the effect of you know you really have to f- know your audience and I said excuse me and he goes you said vagina you're not supposed to curse and I was like vagina is not a curse and he's like well you know Just know who you're speaking to. It's not very professional to use that language. And I was like, I, this is my profession. Like I work with people with vaginas. I help people with pelvic floor issues. I'm going to say the word vagina. And he goes, well, you know, that's a scientific term. And I think you're confusing people because a lot of people, a lot of us aren't science people and we don't know what you mean. And I lost my shit. So I turned to him and I said, oh, but you knew what a vagina was when you stick your dick into one. And then I walked off and then I was done. I quit and I joined a much better networking group. Um, but I, I was just like, how, how is this real life? First of all, you're going to come at me and you're going to try to gaslight me and say that vagina is a scientific term that people don't understand who aren't healthcare workers and who don't work in the science field. Like, give me a break. And then, like, I thought really, I thought deeper and I said, this man has a wife and a daughter. And if this is being said at home... Or like not spoken about or whatever like this. This is how things perpetuate over decades, right? Like if you're brought up in an environment like that, then you're made to feel a certain way about this word. You might translate that to feeling a certain way about that part of your body. And it turns into one of those. Oh, I don't talk about that. Oh, I don't look at my vulva. Oh, I don't. We don't talk about that here. Everything is very taboo. Which in the long run is problematic. So I'm not saying you have to go shouting to your community about your vagina and your vulva and your pelvic floor issues. But really start thinking. And this this might be something helpful. And I refer clients who are having difficulty with this all the time. It might be helpful to have a licensed mental health professional work with you on this and work with why do you feel this way about this part of your body? Why are you having such a hard time connecting to it? Why are you having such a hard time honoring it? I had um, a new client actually who 
on her uh we were talking during her evaluation and she's like oh i was like have you looked at your scar like she had a scar after childbirth and she's like oh i don't want to look at it it's gross and then she corrected herself and she goes it's not gross it's just different for me and i love my body i love what my body's done i might not love it all the time and like she has been working with a mental health professional and i absolutely love that she changed the course about the way she was talking about her body because it absolutely plays into everything and i had another conversation about this with a client last week where we think that things happening are just physical so like i'm leaking just fix me i'm leaking just tell me what i can do so i can fix myself there it's very rare that it's purely physical there's some kind of mental emotional um reaction or input that we need to investigate in order to be like okay how can we apply the physical to this too and bring all three elements together that's when you make the best progress with your rehab so for example it could be something as simple as and this is this is very common with clients who i've had before where i don't want to look at my vulva after childbirth i feel like it's gaping i feel like it's just hanging there i feel like my vulva is like roast beef i feel like my vagina is just a hallway and they've never looked they're like two years postpartum they've never looked at their vulva they've never looked at their vagina if they're comfortable their first day of homework will be here's a mirror you this week and this is actually in my uh fully floored program which will be releasing this fall there is a mirror activity where you look and you're like okay that's a part of my body again you're not broadcasting it to the world you're not showing everyone on instagram your vulva and your vagina and like here's a mirror pic i took here's my vulva selfie but you're connecting with it in a certain way and you would be amazed at how much connection you can achieve by just looking at it because again like this is a part of our body that not only are we might be conditioned to be shameful about not only we may be conditioned to be embarrassed about we don't talk about it we also don't see it very often myself included so all of that lack of sensory input from our eyes from our hands Um, all that lack of sensory input can have an effect over time. So what happens is that connection from your brain and your nervous system to that body part, that connection is what you need in order for it to muscularly perform well. So we need that connection. But if you're like, my vagina is disgusting, my vulva is ugly, my vulva doesn't look like what I see in porn, it's so gross. I don't even want to look at it. I don't even want to touch it. I don't want anybody near there. Blah, 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 blah. If we keep thinking this, that connection gets fuzzy over time and we lose connectivity. We lose that electrical current. If you want to think about it like an electrical circuit, we lose that. And what that's what happens when your muscles aren't the strongest. They're not, they don't have the best endurance. They don't have the best flexibility because something along that pathway disrupted it. And feeling a certain way about your body could bring on some of that disruption. And then how long that goes on plays into it as well. So what I'll have people do is 
They'll look in the mirror. They'll look at their vulva. I want you to look at it. I want you to be in a quiet place and look at it. I want you to see what happens when you contract your pelvic floor, when you relax your pelvic floor, because that visual input, not only is it really great to like start to reestablish that part of connecting back to a part of your body that you haven't been connecting very well with for however, however long. Not only that, but you can like visualize what's happening. And I don't know about you, but I'm a super visual person. So the more visual cues I get for something, the better I am with carrying them out. Like even in school, I had to draw pictures because I would not remember facts, especially if it was a memorization thing. I'm terrible at memorizing. But if I drew a picture, I'm like, oh, the war of 1812 goes with this picture. So this is what happened during that war. Like, that's how my brain works. And that's how a lot of my clients' brains work. And side note, I wonder if, like, we just attract each other weirdly like that. Or if most people's brains work like that. And now I'm going off on a tangent. But that might be a really good place to get to if you can. And again, if you can't and you're like, I absolutely can't do this. Like, this is so crazy to me. It's giving me such anxiety. Speaking with a licensed mental health professional might be really, really beneficial for you. And I can't even stress that enough. Like, I can't even stress that enough. And again, like you don't need to be screaming vulva vagina cervix at the top of your lungs at the pool. Like even just the way you associate those parts with you, you're not afraid of them. Because I do feel that fear plays into this a hell of a lot. And we avoid things that we're scared of. And I I don't know why it is, but... I think people are afraid of these parts of our bodies, whether they've been conditioned to think that way or it's something that was um, how they were raised or whatever. Like, I'm not going to knock anybody who was raised that way, obviously. But it is very, very detrimental. I also think it's really detrimental that we automatically associate genitalia with sex not that sex is a bad thing in any way but your pelvic floor your genitals all of that like it's yes there's a sexual function but that's not all they're designed to do okay so this bothers me in the grand scheme of things because things have been stigmatized that can be really helpful like there are pelvic floor products that are really helpful for people who are trying to overcome pelvic floor issues like pelvic wands and like dilators and like lube and all this stuff and it's being marketed as sex toys and it's bad enough that people don't know that there are answers to their problems in regard to the pelvic floor but it's even worse when there's an additional stigma attached to it like oh you're buying a sex toy When all you're trying to do is essentially buy like a fucking Theragun for your pelvic floor. Like I can buy a Theragun and blast the shit out of my quads and everyone's like, oh yeah, I have a Theragun too. Not that a pelvic wand is a Theragun, but um, it's still a tool to help give input to your muscles to help them relax. So like Joe Schmo can go buy a Theragun to blast the shit out of his glutes But I want to do the same for my pelvic floor and help it relax and give it a different input. But I have to go buy something 
under the guy, like under the guise of it being a sex toy. Like that's so embarrassing depending on who you are as a person. If you're like me, I don't give a fuck. Like I will buy, I buy sex toys. Like I don't care. But some people that might actually be a barrier to care because there is that stigma attached and they're like, oh, I don't want to be buying this, you know, because it's a sex toy. Like there is an emotional and mental component behind it. And then we spiral into what does this mean about me? What does this say about me? What is happening in my body? Um, And it, it just further clouds the entire situation, which should be pretty cut and dry. But it's not because we have all these other factors playing against us. And this stuff takes time. Like it takes practice. It takes intention. It takes attention, especially if this isn't something you've been thinking about or you have been conditioned to be like, this is gross. This is disgusting. I don't want to think about this. It's TMI. This is, I feel shame about this. Like there is no, like, I totally get it. I totally understand that. So the starting points could be thinking differently about your body, addressing your body differently than you are. Um seeing someone if you do need help with this the other thing too and I made a podcast episode a while ago about this is when people joke about things happening like haha I peed my pants in the grocery store like because of all this other stuff that we're combating in regard to our bodies and like information that we're seeing like it's normal to leak it's normal for this it's normal for that Part of what we can do to alleviate some of this and alleviate some of the shame and kind of be like, hey, I'm here for you, but also here's a resource. Like, stop laughing at things like this. And I get it. Like, it makes me feel like a hard ass. And with this stuff, I am a hard ass because I want to stop normalizing shit that people pretend like they're okay with because they know it's common. But deep down, I don't think anybody is fucking okay with feeling like their organs are coming out of their vagina or not having pleasure with sex or having difficulty inserting a tampon or peeing in public, peeing their pants in public, or even just buying pads and sitting in pads because they're afraid they're going to leak. I don't think anybody is happy with that. I don't care how much you laugh about it on the outside. On the inside, nobody is happy about that. But nobody is talking about that because A, it's embarrassing, and B, for the exact reason we're, we're here today and talking about what we're talking about today is because this part of our body and what it does and what happens is very taboo. It's kept under wraps. People don't know what to do about it or they're afraid to ask for help. I have so many people who have been following me for years who finally get up the courage to be like, I think I need some help now. And that's okay. That is totally okay. Take your time, but get to know your body. Get to know what it needs. Stop being afraid of it. Stop fearing it. Stop putting cutesy words on it. Stop laughing with your best friend about the fact that she feels like she has to run to the toilet or she's going to shit herself every five minutes like that's not okay we're gonna stop that because that's just it's not helping the cause and this is again like 
something I'm really passionate about. I feel like a lot of us just lose that connection and we dissociate from those parts of our bodies. And this is why potential problems creep in, especially if they were going on behind the scenes and then you have an exacerbating event like pregnancy and childbirth, which will exacerbate something that might not have been super apparent before you got pregnant and then suddenly is after you've given birth because you're essentially just putting a little bit more pressure on a part of your body to perform that wasn't performing well in the first place. And that's okay. Like we can always condition it. We can always recondition it. We can always bring it back to performing in the ways in which it was meant to perform. And I love doing this. Like this is what I do for my private clients. Fully floored is finally floored, revamped in many, many ways. I'm still figuring out the logistics, but that is slated to start in the fall of this year. So 2023. And um, the interest list for that is open. And I'll leave that in the show notes. If you're on the interest list, you get first dibs at signups. And I'm going to offer a discount for the program too. And that we are literally like starting from bare bones of core pelvic floor and then building up to culminate in a total body workout that brings everything to your attention instead of shoving shit down the way you've been taught to do in um, workouts you might have done in the past. So that's what I got for you today. I hope some of it was enlightening. I hope some of it helped you feel a little less mystified about your own body and thinking about your body and talking to it in different ways. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode of Finally Fearless, and I will see you next week. Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.